0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about the blueprint to discover your ultimate purpose. I'm delighted to welcome Babs Fashisin. Babs was born and raised in Nigeria, but currently lives in New York. He is a certified negotiation specialist, life coach, and strategy consultant. He is also the author of Cracking the Life Code, Keys to Master Your Mindset, Habits, and Behaviors for Personal Success. You can reach Babs at his website, crackingthelifecode.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Babs. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Hey, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more. I understand that your last name means father in your native language. Yeah, well,
1: partly. um, And um, so, yeah, my, my parents over... The generations have evolved this name as, as generation continued to change. And so some, some people would say indeed that, um, father has evolved could be one representation or one meaning. But then on the other hand, it could have a spiritual uh, symbolism. Um, so the name has evolved over the years and it's something my family holds very dearly. Oh,
0: that's lovely. And what took you from Nigeria to New York? That's a bit of a a change in location.
1: Yeah, very interesting story for me, frankly speaking. Uh, After 10 years of building a career, I, as usual, took some time off uh, to just do an evaluation of my career and ask myself, having done this for 10 years and achieved this and that, what next for me? So in that evaluation uh i realized that i set a goal for myself which was uh the fact that i wanted to work at a certain industry and at, at a certain level within the industry uh so at the time i realized and and of course i do not like to just have a vision on my vision board and just let it go i usually like to you know follow every vision with a with an action plan so my action plan was to get myself to be physically closer to my vision because there was no way possible that my vision could come to fruition in the place that I was located at the time. And so I picked up grad school in New York and um, got my master's and then proceeded to a doctorate degree. And uh, the rest is history.
0: <laughs> that is wonderful. And when you talk about reaching a certain level and some of the, the companies that you have done consulting for include things like Coca-Cola, Toyota, Procter & Gamble. I mean, some really big names. So I love that you had a big vision and you brought yourself closer. I love when you talk about your vision board, that it's more than just wishful thinking, that it's a combination of that, that desire and then doing and putting those together. And I love that you practice what you preach, where you're talking about how you created an action plan. And that's part of what this book and what you have created. Is you know sometimes people feel like life is a puzzle, a little bit confusing, and so you have been very carefully trying to figure out a way to unravel that, to uncrack this code, and to be able to make it an action plan so that other people can follow it as well. And I'm excited to learn about that today. So how do we how do we uncrack this code?
1: Well, thank you very much for that beautiful uh, uh, comment. And the, the important question is. We've got to understand that life does not come with a manual. So when we arrive planet earth, we don't come with a manual in our hands saying, Hey, this is how I'm going to navigate life. No. And so essentially I feel it's important to understand how to navigate the murky waters of life. If we think of succeeding in life in general. So for me, After 20 years of practicing, learning, and failing, because I failed a lot, after 20 years of failing and repeating some, you know, habits and behaviors and learning to bounce back, I decided I would put all my lessons together in this manuscript or this book that I've called Cracking the Life Code just so some other kid uh, who wants to travel the path that I have taken would not have to go through the hell and the high waters that I went through because I was able to condense all of my lessons in this tiny little book called Cracking the Life Code. It's important that we crack the life code so we can have the keys to a more flourishing and successful life. Of course, someone might ask, uh, what does success mean in that instance? I mean, Success means different things to different people, you know? So, but if, if your goal in terms of success is about purpose, meaning, and fulfillment, which is how I define um, success, then it's important to find the habits, to understand the habits, the behaviors, and the mindsets that could help us achieve this type of life or desire that we want for ourselves.
0: I love the definition of success, of purpose, and meaning, and fulfillment. That is a definition of success that I can just embrace with all of my heart. And like you said, we have different goals. Like you had these goals and these desires to work within your industry and other people are going to have totally different goals and what they want to do with their lives as far as career. But I think the one thing that is just common to human nature are those things that you that you mentioned, that feeling of fulfillment and having a meaning in our lives. So when you talk about cracking the code, as I understand it, it's about going back and reprogramming the way that we have maybe learned and understood things. Would you explain that a little bit about what that means? And, and then eventually we'll get to how do you do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially, as I started early, uh, saying earlier, uh, when a child is born, this child is at the mercy of the adults around the child. So the child begins to learn from observation and begins to model the behaviors of the adults in their lives. So these adults could be immediate family and relatives and um could be teachers and uh some other, maybe if they're church going or religious practicing uh family, then maybe some adults in those types of settings as well. Now, as a child gets older and comes of age where they now can take decisions of their own, uh, they naturally operate and then navigate life based on the lessons and the experiences they've had through their childhood up until this point where they need to make their own decisions. And honestly, there's no way that parents or adults in their lives could tell them at this time that these signals that they're programming the kids with are good or bad. It would It would rest on the individual to determine if the codes and the behavior and the stimuli that they received as kids would be useful in helping them fulfill either their purpose or helping them get ahead in life. Now, that's a point where everyone would get to in life, where we would have to sit and ask ourselves questions like, how are these behaviors or these habits helping me in my journey? Now, can I get ahead in life? Can I go further than I have, that I am right now, um, with these behaviors, with these habits, and with some of these mindsets? And now, that's the point where we would ask the question: How might I identify habits or behaviors that are holding me back or limit? Beliefs that might be preventing me from taking the next step in my career, finance, relationship, or spiritual life, or even health and wellness. It might just be one simple mindset or one simple bad behavior that needs to get changed. That's the point where we would say, "Hey, there's something that I need to do." And for this is for this is for people who come to that realization that they look internally and ask themselves these realistic questions of, "What is it?" that I need to do now to help me get to the next step either in my career and my finances. And when doing that soul searching exercise, that's when some of these mindsets or behaviors or habits pop up on our minds. And then we can begin to think about how to address them from
0: there on. That's fantastic. Okay, you've covered a lot of information in a short amount of time. So let me see if I'm understanding correctly, and then you can help me understand or clarify anything that I am misunderstanding. So as we are born into our circumstances, we learn from our our mentors, those people that we are surrounded with, whether it's our immediate family, and then later our teachers and those people. And as we're growing up, whatever circumstances we are in, whatever environment we're in, whatever teachings we receive, that's absolutely normal. And we use that kind of as a basis for This is what life is like. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is how I'm supposed to behave. This is how I'm supposed to respond. And that's very normal and natural. And at the people who are raising us, I'm sure they were doing their very, very best. But then as we grow older and we have a chance to become for ourselves, even though we could do something else, we have a tendency to continue to do exactly what we were taught and trained when we were younger those behaviors, those um, habits that we saw modeled for us by our parents, our teachers, our leaders in our youth. But now that we're in adulthood and we have a chance to choose for ourselves, rather than just continuing on that path and saying, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I've always been doing. This is a great time for some self-reflection and to be able to say, let's see. I do what I do because that's what was modeled for me. How's that working for me? Is it, is it doing good? Or is there maybe something that I, I would like to change, that I would like to improve? And I think it comes that first step is recognizing why we do what we do and why we respond the way we do. And it's typically because that's what we've seen. That is what we've seen modeled either in our family, maybe even on TV or movies or our friends at school. Or teachers, that's what we've seen. But there comes a time when it's time to think about it, and think: Is this serving me? Is there a better way? Am I am I close? Babs?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, excellent. Okay, so now I'm to this point where I'm thinking: Hmm, maybe I need to change my habits. Maybe let's let's talk about. You talked about health. We talked about some other things. Our money. Say maybe my example of money is as soon as mom and dad get the paycheck, they hurry and blow it, and then we're poor again. So maybe that's what I've seen, and that's what I'm used to. And now I'm an adult, and I'm thinking, you know what? I don't think that's serving me very well. So then what's the next step in in trying to make some changes?
1: Right. That's a very um, beautiful example. And I had a personal example where – Growing up as a kid, my, my parents told me as the first child that I, it was my responsibility to maintain peace and harmony amongst my siblings, which is a decent, um, expectation from, but then from an eight year old, that probably could be a bit of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I grew up in, you know, in that mind space that helped me or that made me think that conflict of any kind is not acceptable because my dad said there cannot be noise making, there cannot be fighting, there cannot be, you know, bad behavior in the house. You have to stop your brothers from acting weird. You know? <laughs> and so I became the little daddy at home and that when my dad is out of the house I would make sure everybody's okay and everyone's taken care of and nobody's, you know, lacking anything. And as I got older and I got to high school, I just wanted to carry that same behavior to high school, which is making sure that there was no fighting and ensuring that everybody was okay and I was the friend that everybody wanted and needed in their lives. Didn't realize that life really doesn't work that way until I came into my professional life as a strategy consultant, and now I'm leading a team of four for time, and there is conflict. And so I realized that my manager in my annual review would say to me that you are doing exceptionally well in every other area, but you are not managing conflict and you constantly avoid conflict. So I came to a point in my life when I said, how did this come about? Because then I missed a promotion one year for that simple reason. So I was very upset and I said, why am I not getting ahead in my career? Why am I not being promoted when someone else that I trained got promoted ahead of me because of one simple thing, which is the fact that I'm not, con- I'm not welcoming of, um, of conflict. And that was when I realized that this started from way back when my parents said to me, it was my responsibility to ensure there was no fighting and there was no conflict in the house. And so I carried this thinking and this mindset all my life. But then when time came and I realized that it was not going to help me or serve me in my career and that I needed to embrace conflict and learn how to navigate conflict in a very, you know, professional manner. Uh, so I had to (laughs) sit down and take account and ask myself, all right, where do I go from here? How do I start this? So I realized I had to unpack what I knew and then I had to put that aside. And then I had to find new methods of dealing with my fear, which is conflict, because conflict was my fear at the time. So essentially, back to your question, Linda, when, when we come to that point where we have identified the behaviors and the habits that possibly limit us or prevent us from moving ahead in life, what we want to do is identify what the benefits of those behaviors are. We want to ask ourselves, what exactly... Am I benefiting from this specific behavior? And we want to list them down. Make a list of all the benefits. And then having lifted listed all the benefits, what we want to do is ask ourselves are there better, healthier, uh, more efficient ways of achieving the same benefits with a different behavior? And so now we would make a list of the different types of behavior that could give us the same benefits, but are healthier or more efficient or more beneficial. So a typical example, I easy one I'd like to share, is uh, hitting the snooze button. Now, when you hit the snooze button, often, even though medical research has shown that it's not ex- exactly uh effective method in getting more time, more sleep, but okay, let's say the behavior is you constantly hit the snooze button, and so you get late for work, which is the ultimate, uh, maybe uh disservice that you're doing for yourself and perhaps maybe the boss is not happy that you're coming late every day and you want to change this simple behavior what you need to do is ask yourself what's the benefit that i'm getting from hitting the snooze button for some people it might be well i get to stay in bed longer that's the behavior uh, that's the benefit of the behavior now what you need to do is list other types of behaviors that can help you gain the same benefits And one of them might be maybe going to bed one hour earlier. (laughs) So if you chose to go to bed one hour earlier, it doesn't hurt you. It's beneficial. It's healthier. So that's a healthier option. And now you need to start practicing. Pick one behavior at a time, I usually encourage, so you're not overwhelmed by the number of behaviors you're trying to change in one setting. And start small and continue to reinforce that behavior until it becomes a habit.
0: These are wonderful. The examples that you brought up have been just beautiful. That idea of trying to avoid conflict. That is a very common issue. And hitting the snooze button, another common one. What a beautiful way to begin. And I loved as you shared your story with your father, that it was he was trying to do a good thing, a right thing. Who doesn't want peace and harmony in their home? I want peace and harmony in my home. And that was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing that you were taught. But then it became kind of a weight and an obligation as you continued to grow up. And then the thing where it it starts to maybe not serve you is rather than just having that peaceful, wonderful environment that we're going for, we have a tendency maybe to avoid conflict because you know it's just I just no I don't there's no conflict I don't see it therefore it doesn't exist. When in reality, it does. And so we need to learn how to listen and to be able to to hear each other so that we can resolve the conflict rather than avoiding the conflict. And you have done so well. As I'm rereading your thing here, you are a certified negotiation specialist now. So you have taken what was once maybe a weakness and grown and turned that into a strength and a specialty, something that you're very good at. And so what a beautiful, wonderful example that is. And then hitting the snooze button. Oh my goodness, how many people do that? And yet when you talk about how does this benefit me, I get to stay in bed a little longer. And a more maybe healthy solution is to go to bed sooner. Ah, that takes like self-discipline and stuff. And that's kind of tricky. Some people think, no, I'd rather hit the snooze button. Thank you, Babs. But no, thank you.
1: That's right. Uh, <laughs> but every action has its consequences. Uh, that's, that's the truth. And I usually like to say that every generation is expected to be an improvement over the former. So if my parents did this great, this much work, I want to challenge myself to do better so I can encourage my kids who are coming behind me to maybe push the envelope. So. Yeah, when I think about what motivates me as an individual and uh, in my behaviors and my my desires in life, they're beyond the now, the physical and the little discomforts that I might experience in the in the course of working on myself. But I'm committed to getting 1% better each day. So that's the motivation for me. And although I would like to hit the snooze button, but I probably would consider again going to bed an hour earlier. And I feel that's healthier for me. And it's just a better option. But yes, discipline is very important. Um, when we're looking to become better versions of ourselves, uh, the, the discipline required to transform a life is, is huge. And so, I usually encourage people to take, take baby steps, start training the mind. And I recently had a conversation. I was talking about risk and I was being asked how to, you know, become comfortable with taking risk. I said, like every other thing that we do, I like to work out. I'm in the gym three, four days a week working out really hard. Um, but I've seen over the years that the muscle does, you can achieve whatever You want with your body if you stay disciplined to a certain routine. And the same goes for taking risk or changing the behavior. If we start small and we practice daily, the muscle gets stronger. As we practice daily, the muscle gets stronger. So my response to the man asking me about the risk is, well, I wake up every day and ask myself, what risk do I want to take today that would make me a better person? And so, I don't wait until, because life's challenges are not pre-announced. They just happen. (laughs) If you were in school and you were to take an exam or a test, the professor's going to tell you when your test will be. And so you would prepare. But in life, the school of life, life's challenges and tests, they're never pre-announced. They just show up. You just get a doctor's report. You just get fired from a job. They're never announced. And so it's important that we're constantly building the muscles that we need for resilience, for, you know, for uh, uh, discipline. In other to prepare ourselves for those unforeseen life challenges, because they would always hit us. And sometimes they can hit us really hard.
0: Yes, they can. And I have never thought of it in quite that way before, how when we go to take a test, we the teacher tells us, when it's going to be, and what's going to be on that test, and we have a chance to prepare for that particular test. And life, the school of life, that doesn't happen. We get hit with what we get hit with no warning. And I thought, man, I guess I need to be a little bit more compassionate with myself when I fail those tests, because I didn't know it was coming, and I didn't know what was going to happen, and maybe I didn't respond perfectly. But, you know, part of the school of life is that we get to learn even through our mistakes. So that's, that's beautiful. And I that's love right. the idea that when we become more resilient, then, you know, whatever comes our way, are going to be able to handle it better.
1: That's what happens when we continue to invest mm-hmm. in ourselves. What we're doing is we're growing downwards. Um, it's very, yes, it's very important to understand the concept of growing downwards Um, growing downwards here means growing deeper roots because Mm. the deeper the roots are, the stronger we are above the ground. We are in a very, in a world that celebrates the externalities of a dream world as though we live in a movie world. And so everybody's focused on what can be seen, whereas what we need to navigate life cannot be seen. And so I often encourage my listeners and my clients to focus on the part that cannot be seen because the part that can be seen is only the tip of the iceberg. In other words, the resources that a tree needs to survive and withstand the tough conditions of the forest is right down in the soil. It's not above the soil. So what we see above the soil that looks beautiful, that looks, you know, big and massive, really the biggest secret of all that beauty that we see in the forest lies beneath the soil. And so, as we continue to practice all of these personal growth and personal development behaviors and habits, what we are doing is we're building deeper roots. And as our roots continue to stay deeper, what we're doing, in essence, that's my definition of resilience. It's your ability to withstand whatever life throws at you, your ability to bounce back from the fall, your ability to stand the trials and the tests of life. But then in order to do that, you've got to constantly build these habits and this behavior and continue to reinforce them. And as we do those, we're really just strengthening our roots for whatever life might throw at us.
0: Wow, Babs, you just blew my mind. What a beautiful, amazing analogy of growing deep roots, the part that people can't see growing downward. And the part above is what we see. And one of the things that my mind jumped to is what we see on social media, how people might portray themselves as being wonderful and doing amazing things on their Facebook account or whatever. And it might look like it has this big, beautiful tree or this big, beautiful bush When the roots, what we can't see may or may not be that way. And then when there's a big storm, sometimes it knocks over trees, trees that might be big and beautiful. But if the root structure wasn't strong enough, not only to hold it up when everything is calm, but to be able to hold it up when there's a storm, then things fall over and we can fall um, prey to being discouraged, depressed. Um, struggling with anxiety, all sorts of things can happen if we don't have that strong root system. I think that is a beautiful reason to do these things, because I think it's helpful when we're talking about personal development and self-improvement, that there's a reason why we would want to do this. Because we mentioned earlier, this takes some self-discipline, maybe a little bit of work is involved. And a lot of people think, well, don't give me anything more to do. I feel like I'm saturated already. There's just too much. And so to realize that there is a reason, there is a benefit, and it is worth it. I I think that's important. So thank you for bringing that up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That was amazing. Is there anything else you want to make sure we cover before we close today?
1: Well, it's important to keep in mind that the past may have um, shaped our Behaviors, but it should never determine our character. It may have influenced our choices. Uh, it should never determine our destination. We've got to come to a point in our lives where we say, let the dead leaves fall. So when dead leaves fall, the fall season is my favorite time of year. Usually you see those beautiful colors, fantastic. And then after a while, the leaves dead leaves begin to fall off the trees i like to encourage our listeners to let dead leaves fall carefully off their tree in other words dead emotions you know dead behaviors dead habits who typically aren't quite serving us and hurts from past sometimes it's just okay to let go of the past so we can step into tomorrow because until we completely dissociate ourselves from the past, we might not be able to move beyond the now. So I often like to say, let your dead leaves fall. It's okay.
0: Beautiful. Let the dead leaves fall. Well, Babs, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and thank you for visiting with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the great work you're doing.
0: In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Maria Irving. She said, examine your beliefs and break free. Today, I invite you to examine your beliefs and see if there are limiting beliefs that could use some reprogramming. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.